welcome back to my channel, to Tech Talks Podcast, aka The Tech Right Show here on YouTube. It would be a delight to see you subscribe here if you haven't already. And of course, hit like um, if this has blessed you or encouraged you in some way, because it does help this channel to grow and to help minister to more people who could use a little bit of encouragement in their week this week. And if you hear my dog, I'm sorry, if you hear that like jingle, <laughs> it's actually my dog. He likes to sit with mama and listen to me, I guess. <laughs> He's always around me everywhere I go. He follows me even to the bathroom, you guys. He's that kind of dog. I like to call him my watchdog because he watches everything I do. <laughs> He's not a guard dog, no. He's a little motley poo, and he's definitely a little wimpy foo-foo dog. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, last week I I did my best to explain the will, um, man's free gift, which is the will. And um, if you if you want to, you know, listen to that. Uh, Please do go back to last week and I, I tried my best and I, I explained why I dabbled into that and I figured that this week I would read a little bit more because honestly this book, um, Grace Revolution, uh, has been such a blessing to me and it's really given me some things to chew on and to uh, meditate of God's love a little bit deeper and wider, to be honest. Um, I really appreciate Joseph Prince and his ministry and um, his resources and his wisdom that God has blessed him. Um, I'm not affiliated. I don't have any links to him directly other than I've seen him on TV and I've listened to him preach and teach God's word and in such a way that I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. I wish I have known that, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm basically using this as a resource guide or a tool to spur a conversation with you guys and to help you and encourage you. Now, I do say you should definitely pick up this book and read it because there's so much more um, wisdom than what I can share in a little podcast, okay? And if you really want to understand the difference between... Um, you know, what a lot of people consider Christian rules versus God's grace and love, then I think you should pick up this book because it will totally change your perspective like it has for me. And it has encouraged me to really um, get my head wrapped around what God's grace is because his love is so deep and has such detail um, there, there's so many angles and and um, things in a way that I can't explain it. Like God is so infinite and He's so intricate in in His own makeup and His own design. Does that make sense? Like He's there's so much to Him that I can probably study like that much, and that much may seem bigger. But it really isn't. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. I can I can keep going on. So, I'm going to try to read to you guys um, something that I thought about judgment. 
and, and I thought this was interesting. And it says here on page 76, kind of down here, it says believers will not come into judgment. And I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta share this with you guys. Um, so I'm just going to kind of skip down a little bit to where I'm, I have here, my highlighted moment here. This is where I'm going to read. I'm going to read probably here and of course here on this page. So bear with me if I'm trying to pronounce something. Yeah, forgive me. I'm not the world's greatest reader slash pronouncing words. <laughs> There's some people that I'm like, man, you're so good at reading and like enunciating words and pronouncing stuff so smoothly. I admire people like that. Okay. So we're going to go into um, how he's talking about Paul addressing to the Jews of his day about reading you know, who were rejecting Jesus and stuff like that. And I'm going to go to my, like I said, my highlighted moments and read on to where I feel like God says stop. Okay. Um, okay. Just imagine God offers his salvation and all of his blessings in his hands to someone who have having knowledge of the magnitude of these blessings slaps his hands away. That is what it means to sin willfully today and insult the spirit of grace. And for such a person, as long as he keeps rejecting Jesus' perfect sacrifice and finished work, there, there no longer remains a sacrifice for his sins. He has rejected the only sacrifice God accepts. In the end, this unbeliever will have to face God's judgment for his rejection of the Lord. But... What is God's word when it comes to judgment and his children? Let me show you what the scripture, scriptures do say to establish your heart in the security of your salvation in Christ. The Greek word for judgment in Hebrews 10.27 is krisis, which means the sentence of condemnation and punishment. Now turn with me to John 5.24 and read Jesus' own words. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, Christus, but has passed from death into life. The same word for judgment, Christus, is used in Hebrews 10.27, is used here in the scripture regarding believers. Can anything be more clear and transparent? What is it that God wants us to be sure, assure of? That we believers will never come into Christus judgment. We have passed from death into life. True believers need never fear the Lord's judgment. As all of the fire of judgment fell fully on our Lord at Calvary. Today, you can have full assurance of salvation in Christ your Savior. Savior. Amen. Okay, I I liked that reassurance because I think as believers, we are kind of like this performance-driven people. At least I have. Like, I feel like um, 
I, I, I feel sometimes that if I don't behave um, the way I ought to, or if I don't have a good attitude as I ought to, and if I complain a little bit too much one day, I feel like, okay, God's probably judging me and he's scorning me and he's probably taking a, a check mark to my name, kind of like you would see a teacher do at school. Your name would be on the board as a warning and then you get these check marks and then after so many check marks, you get like a, a noticed or something. And I'm like, you know, this assurance that... um that if I truly believe, it says believe in him who's, who has sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment. I, and I, I've said this before in other, other times and other teachings. When I hear the word believe, I also like to say uh, trust or rely. So when I reread this, I say my word and um, wait, let me back up. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and trusts in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall, shall not come into judgment. I love that. And now I, I like to play with that word, trust and believe, and I put rely there. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and relies in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. The same word for judgment as we know, you know, like he says, and I, I, I'm like, okay, I need to continue to invest my belief, my trust, and my reliance on Jesus for this, that I, I'm not going to be judged. You know, I think he, he has a better understanding, of course, than, than I do. He is, always there willing to love on me more when I when I do get faulty when I do have a faulty behavior or a mindset or or whatever you know I think he's like okay come back to me let me let my love wash you from this let let it set you free from condemnation and and let me liberate you from that so I can love you and love you through it and to teach you through it with the backup of love, knowing that when you are corrected and when you are learning from Jesus, it is coming from a place of love and not judgment and, and no condemnation in him. <clears throat> um, oh, you know, I... I want to read to you something about dealing with sin in the church because I think part of my broken belief system is some of the mishandling of the teaching of God's grace in in church. So let me let me read to you. And it's a little lengthy and I promise you I'll try my best to read it well <laughs> and smoothly. Um I cannot promise you that I will not pronounce things correctly either. I'm working on that. I'm working on trying to not read so fast, but to slow down and to really deliver you what, what I feel is encouraging. Okay? 
page 77 and extends to 78, dealing with sin uh, in the church. And then I think we'll end here. As Jesus extended his forgiveness and gift of no condemnation to the woman caught in adultery, so I preach the same grace that Jesus exemplified and offered. As a preacher of our Lord Jesus, Jesus' grace, I never endorse or excuse anyone's sin. However, however, my job is not to point them to more laws, but to our Lord Jesus. If either my pastoral team or I involved in counseling anyone who is living in adultery, we will tell the person in no uncertain terms that they are not living under grace. Since sin is having dominion over them, how can they be living under grace? We will point the person to the grace of our Lord Jesus, but we will also make it very clear to them that sin comes with destructive consequences and that it is not acceptable for them to continue in their sin. Then we will tell the person to go back to their spouse and family and most times the person will. The point is we are here to help those who are struggling with sin and who have a genuine desire to be helped. But for those who are bent on living a lifestyle of sin, we don't ever endorse or condone their lifestyles. Do we love them? 100%. And we will be there for them in a heartbeat if they genuinely want to be helped. Notice, genuinely want to be helped. There's a big difference there. We found that many times people, the individual who is insistent on living a lifestyle of sin will stop attending church by his or her own choice. Interestingly, it appears that the few who persistently want to live in sin find that they can't remain too long in a church that is preaching the true gospel of grace. It's hard to to keep sinning against a loving Savior, which I really love. I love that part. <clears throat> I'm going to continue to read a little bit. I'm sharing all this to tell you how a grace church is to be pastored. We don't make light of sin. As shepherds, we have a responsibility to protect God's precious flock from wolves. The church opens its doors and welcomes everyone. However, if there is a predatory behavior, we have to step in to ensure that our congregation and their children are safe. We see how a good shepherd protects his sheep in the example of David in the Old Testament. Even as a young shepherd boy, David went after the lion and the bear that took his sheep and rescued his sheep right out of the mouths of those predators. Um, see 1 Samuel 17, 34-36. In the same way, we don't back down from sinful behavior that is hurting our flock, and we act to protect our sheep. I have no doubt that you would do the same to protect your family and loved ones. I really like that. I really thought it was good to emphasize that they um, don't endorse or condone life, their, their sinful lifestyle, but they, he emphasized that they do love them and that, um, that if they see a, a behavior that 
is trying to, you know, I don't know, manipulate in a sense, you know, to live sinfully according to their ways versus God's ways. I, I do see that they are protective of that as well. And I really appreciate that in this, in this chapter. There's a lot of other good things here about sin and forgiveness. And um, I don't know, you probably don't want to listen to me read all day. So that's why I want to encourage you to pick it up for yourself and read. And of course, pray through it and ask the Holy Spirit to give you more insight and wisdom of, of what it means to be loved, what it means to be forgiven, and what it means to walk out that in faith. All right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed this and I pray that you will allow yourself to be embraced by God's grace. All right, see you here next time. Bye-bye.